when I was probably eight years old, um, one of the things that me and my family used to do all the time was we'd go to Lifetime Fitness. Um, Mom would go and she would uh, work out and have a good time. And we'd go to the, I don't know, like child care center thing and play games, meet people. And then um, during the summer, it was one of our, our favorite traditions or activities that we do. After all of that was over, we'd go to the swimming pool. Um, and we'd, we'd go and have a good time, um, swim. And, um, but the thing about the Lifetime Fitness and the swimming pool there is there was a huge water slide. Um, there was two water slides. Um, and we would take turns going down the water slide, or my brothers would. They would go and they would, um, they would enjoy the water slide. But I um, was way too scared to go up and climb the tower and go down the water slide. It looked like about a thousand feet high. And so I wouldn't do it. And so uh, my mom and, and dad, if he was there, were, were great parents. And they would try and say, you know, Josh, come on, conquer your fears. Go down the water slide. Um, it'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. Uh, my brother's doing it. Caleb, my older brother, he would go down and down and down. And I would just sit there and watch. And I was like, man, I'm going to die if I go down that thing. And so, uh, you know, I, my parents, were, they would slowly, they would just try and coax me like, Josh, Joshua, you, uh, Joshua, you can do this. Um, until finally, um, I just told him no. But then my mother, who is a great mother, um, she tried a new tactic. She was like, well, I'll bribe him. And so at that time, we had a, you know, a PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2 is the, um, the hot game console at the time. And so at that time, what was really popular was the Pixar Cars video game. Um, and me and my brothers wanted it so badly. And so my mom said, Joshua, if you walk up there and you go down the water slide, I will purchase for you and your brothers the Cars video game. My brothers are like, do it, go, come on. And so I was stressed, fearful, anxiety. I started slowly climbing up the tower of the Lifetime Fitness water slide. And I got to the top and I stepped up to the little tube tunnel thing. And all I had to do was step forward and go down the water slide. And then I backed up. I couldn't do it. I knew I had seen, I had seen hundreds of kids go down the water slide. I knew that they went in the tube and they all came out at the bottom. They were okay. No one died. I knew that if I went down the water slide, I knew, I knew that the reward would be great. I knew that me and my brothers would go. We'd stop by GameStop. We'd pick out the video game. We'd be home munching on Doritos and playing cars, the cars video game. I knew it. I knew everyone was in support of me. I knew it was going to be okay. I knew the reward would be great. And yet, the fear, the anxiety, the stress of the unknown always caused me to take a step back. And I never went down the water slide. Have you ever had moments in your life where you think that way? Where you felt that way? Maybe it's about a new job. Maybe it's about... Um, a new relationship, maybe it's about a place to move, and you know it's going to be good, and you know it's going to work out, and yet the fear, the anxiety always causes you to take a step back. But more importantly, have you ever felt at that point in your walk with Jesus? Have you ever felt you know 
There's something you need to be doing. There's something you need to be giving up. You know that it's the right thing to do. You know that it's going to work out. You know that it's going to be okay. And yet you keep taking a step back instead of a step forward with Jesus. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to read verses 44 through 46, a parable of Jesus. I want to thank you for um, being here today. Thank you for the opportunity to, to speak before you. Um, I know many people in this congregation, and there's many new faces. Every time I come back here, it's encouraging to see the growth of this congregation. Um, but I, I'm, I'm constantly reminded every time I come back here of, of what this congregation is and its pursuit of Jesus. I've got to visit a lot of places over the past four years while living in Florida, and um, there is something unique about this congregation. And so um, thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom. Thank you for who you choose to be. Thank you for the investment that you've made in my life over the years. Um, it's good to be with you. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. In this parable, Jesus is teaching something immensely powerful and immensely simple to understand. And yet through these few short verses, we find something overwhelmingly difficult to do in our own lives. What we understand from this parable is that the kingdom of heaven is worth anything and everything in our lives, anything and everything. And yet, we see in our own lives, in the lives of others, in the world around us, how often we step back from the kingdom of heaven and live a completely different life. You see, the problem is we can always find something to get in the way despite knowing the reward, despite knowing the good that will be in our lives by accepting and following the kingdom of heaven. We can always find something to get in the way. It's a difficult task that we've been charged with by this passage. And so the question is, how do we, like the men in this parable, how do we get to the point where we are okay with, where we can, where we actively pursue selling everything that we have and accessing the kingdom of heaven? How do we do that? How do we make that decision each and every day? We're just going to go through this parable and look at several details, observations that teach us a couple of lessons so that we can live kingdom-seeking lives. The first thing that I want you to notice about this parable is that you have to know what you're looking for. You have to know what you're looking for. If you notice, let's look at, let's look at these two men and see what they do in order to teach us that we have to know what we're looking for. In verse 45, you notice a man who's a merchant. He's a merchant. Now think about this. This is his job. 
He's a man who's on the lookout for fine things, for good things. He knows the value of things when he sees it. He's a merchant. And so, upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. He knows the value that he's searching for. He knows that when he sees this pearl, he's like, this is it. This is more valuable than anything and everything that I've bought, sold over the years. This is what I've been looking for. And the man in the field is, is similar. He's not necessarily looking for the treasure, but as soon as he sees the treasure, he knows what it is. He knows the value. He immediately recognizes what he has found. He's interested in valuable things. He's interested in good things. You have to know what you're looking for. Some of the things that have been really popular, especially among college students, high school students, is thrifting. Anyone here into thrifting? Thrifting? Not many people here. You walk out, you know, you go to like Goodwill, Salvation Army, other thrift stores, and you go and you find things that people have just donated or given or sold for a small price. And you look through the, you know, the baskets and the carts, and you are trying to find something that someone has given up, but that is valuable to you. I'm terrible at this. I usually go in and, you know, my friends are all into thrifting. And so they'll go in and they're like, Josh, come with us. And I go and um, usually I'm just standing there because I haven't, it all looks like junk to me. So I'm just like looking around and I have no idea what I'm looking for. But then there's some people who go in and they know exactly, they've got a list of things that they're on the search for. And when they find that, they'll, they'll buy it for 50 cents and sell it for $600 and make this huge profit. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. But me, I just go in and I have no idea what I'm looking for. And so I don't ever find anything of value because I have no idea what I'm searching for in those situations. I'm just blindly seeking value. Have you been there? Have you had no idea what you're searching for in this life? You're just hoping you stumble upon something. We have to know the value that we're seeking, like the men in this parable. We can't just do it blindly. And so the question is, what are you seeking in this life? What is important to you at this moment? What has been important to you in the last week? What was important to you yesterday? What consumed your mind in the last 24 hours or in the last seven days? Because if we think about that, sometimes it gives us a test of where we're at. What is consuming our minds? What are we seeking on a day-to-day -day basis? Are we seeking the kingdom of heaven? Were we just seeking another paycheck? Was it just like, well, I need to pay the bills, so I need to, I need to go and work, and that's fine. But is that what's consuming our lives every day? Is it a relationship? Is it a friendship that you're struggling with or you're trying to develop and you're, you're worried about it and that's all that you can think of? That's what consumes you day to day. Is it status? Is it, I want to be someone among my peers? I want to be someone interacting with the people I meet. I want to be someone. I need status. I need people's affirmation of who I am. Does that consume us? Are those the things that we've been focused on in the last week? Jesus talks about that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm just going to bounce through Matthew chapter 6 and see what Jesus teaches about practicing good works or focusing on just the things of this world over our relationship with God. Verse 1, 
says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Verse 5, when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Verse 16, whatever you fast, do not put on your gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearances so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Verses 19 through 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Jesus warns us of public, self-centered, us-seeking mentality in this world. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so what Jesus says as a response to this is in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If you're looking for the kingdom of heaven every day, if you're seeking that type of value, when it comes to the point where you have to give up and sell and make a change, it becomes a natural reaction. And so the question is, are we looking for kingdom treasures or earthly treasures? We have to know exactly what we're looking for. That's the first thing that this passage teaches us. But second, we have to understand that once we do recognize what we're searching for, once we do get to the point where you can say, this is value, I want this. Now it gets difficult because what this passage says, the example we have is that we have to sell everything. Sell it all in order to access the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has in order to access it. This is a, this is a really powerful detail in this, in this story. I think sometimes we don't fully grasp what this means because um, we live in a, in a society with like the Facebook marketplace, right? I've got some type of item. I've got several items. So you just go to like eBay, Facebook marketplace, you upload and you wait, right? And you're just hoping someone you know, says, okay, I'll bid on that. I'll take that. No, I don't think that's exactly what's happening here. These men find something of great value and they have to work hard in order to access it. They don't have the money. They don't have the resources in order to access that great treasure. And so they have to sell everything. So what does this look like? He's gathering, he's inventorying his life, all the things that he owns. And he has to go day after day to the street corner. And he has to sell these things. He doesn't just dump them out there. He has to sell them. Imagine him out on the street corner, his bed there, and someone's walking by. And he's like, hey, please, you got to buy this. There's something I need. Please, I'll give you a good deal. I'll throw in some pots and pans with it, whatever you want. I'll make you a good deal because I need something. It's urgent. He's out there day after day selling all that he has, working hard, so that he can buy this field 
so that he can have this treasure. The merchant's the same. He knows that this is the greatest thing that he'll ever find. And so what he does is he goes out and he pushes. He's like, please, man, I need to trade this. I need to sell this. I've got to have this. It's the greatest thing I've ever found. It's the greatest thing I've ever known. It's the most value. And it takes time. And it takes effort. Do you feel this way about the things in your life that are blocking you from kingdom living? Do you feel the urgency to get those things out, to sell them so that you can have full access to the kingdom of heaven? Are we thinking that way? And maybe you are. Maybe you are. Maybe there are things in your life and my life that we're thinking, I, do need, I know I need to get rid of this. It's in the inventory. It's on the street corner, and I'm just trying to get rid of it. That's all I, I'm, I'm trying. Keep working. Don't lose hope. Because Jesus is on your side. And he wants you. He's there with you saying, this is a good deal. You want to buy it. Get it out. Don't be discouraged. Keep working. This parable is meant to show us the intentionality behind these men. That they're getting over the roadblocks of fear and greed. But it's not going to be instant. It's not going to be one upload and wait. It takes work. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus again speaks to this. He talks many times in the book of Matthew about the kingdom of heaven. And there's a reason it all connects. Verses, chapter 7, verse 7 through 10. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, Finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open to you. For what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? Oftentimes we come to this passage to talk about prayer. And there's a great application about prayer in this passage. But think about your own life. Are you seeking Jesus? Are you petitioning him to help you get those things out of your life? Jesus tells us, if you're seeking, you will find. If you ask, you will receive. If you knock, the door will be opened to you. Keep working. Keep striving to get those things out of your life because it is worth it. The kingdom of heaven is worth it all. So don't lose hope. Don't lose hope in seeking the kingdom of heaven. But ask yourself, what is it in your life, what is it in my life that we need to sell in order to access the kingdom of heaven? It takes work. So if we understand what we're looking for, we know the value, and we're working so hard, we're working day after day, week after week, year after year, in order to sell 
the things in our life that keep us from accessing the kingdom of heaven. The most important part about this and what's demonstrated in this parable is the third application here. We have to know the difference in what we find with Jesus. We have to know the difference in what we're going to find. If we're going to sell everything, if we're going to search for value, we recognize the value. If we're going to sell everything, once we start living the kingdom life, we have to know the difference. What's weird about this story to me, it's always, ever since you know I've studied it and thought about it, there's one part in this story that always just is, bugs me. It always makes me uncomfortable. And it's the fact that they find something valuable and that's it. The man finds the field with a treasure. He buys the field and now he has treasure. The, per the merchant is seeking for valuable things, search of fine pearls. He finds the greatest pearl with the most value, and then he buys it. And we're like, and? The way that I would have this story end, the way that I would think it would end is you find the field guy, and he goes and he buys this field, and he gets this treasure, and this treasure just multiplies over and over. He's able to buy the second piece of land, the third piece of land. Now he's got this big empire of land throughout the kingdom, right? He's got like 10, 20 million dollars in real estate. He's running for like president of Galilee or something. He's, he's ready to go. He's like, man, this is awesome. Found this treasure. Here I am. It's, it's just doing good things for me over and over and over again. I'm so glad that I sold everything because now I've got it all. Or the, the merchant, right? Maybe he, he found this pearl of great price. It's what he was seeking. He buys it. And now he's well known throughout the community. Everyone knows that's the guy who's got the greatest pearl. He's well known among the merchants. He's got, you know, he opens some kind of, I don't know, museum or something so people can come in, pay a couple of bucks, see the pearl of great price. He starts saving up money. He can send all his kids to merchant college or whatever. He's like, that's what I expect. Where's the, um, if you could pardon the business term, the ROI? Where's the return on investment in this story? So you're telling me, Jesus, that I need to seek valuable things when I find it, sell everything, and then that's good? That's the way I look at this story. I want to know what I get because I follow Jesus. But that's not what kingdom living is all about. It's not about you access the value of Jesus's kingdom. It's not about getting rid of the things in your life so that you can have a new job or you can find the per perfect person to live life with you. Sometimes those things come along, but that's not what kingdom living is all about. There's a difference in what we are called to do and who we are called to be by living in the kingdom of heaven.
pearl and the treasure are life with Jesus, not what you get from a life with Jesus. Turn over to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And I'm just going to warn you, this passage is only going to make it harder. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. People are coming to Jesus, wanting to know what he has to say. Now large crowds were going along with him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000? Or else... While the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possession. Jesus calls us at the beginning of this to follow him. And as he says, by following me, you are going to take up a cross, which indicates a life of struggle, hating your own father and mother and wife and brother and sister and cousin. and It's not the life that we would think of as a treasure. And Jesus knows that because he says, who goes out and starts a building project and doesn't count the cost first? Because if you don't count the cost first, if you don't know the difference, when you get to the point where it's tough, and where you realize, wow, this is my cross, we give up, and we no longer seek the kingdom of heaven because it's difficult, because we didn't know the difference. We came to Jesus expecting one thing, and he gives us another, and we can't match that up. And so we say, that's, that's not for me. That's the danger. That's why we have to take a parable like this, and understand what Jesus is asking of us, what he is calling us to do. But that's if you look at it from a worldly perspective, from a temporary perspective. It's not really a treasure worth selling if we think of it from the perspective of this life. But if we shift our perspective... We know the difference. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. A powerful, powerful passage where Paul writes about the life that we are called to live. And just think, 
about the value here. Her momentary light affliction is producing, producing for us, there's your ROI, for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Beyond all comparison. When these men found this treasure and this pearl, they said that is beyond all comparison. Life with Jesus, the kingdom walk, is living how we're going to live eternally. Sometimes we get in our heads that the kingdom of heaven is the point at which we reach heaven. And so we think about, well, I've just got to endure a little bit longer until finally I'm at heaven. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that the kingdom of heaven is now. And we can walk with Jesus, walk in the kingdom right now. And one day, one day, yes, it will be made perfect and complete and absolute, and we will see King Jesus face to face. But we still have access to that right now. We live that now. You and I. And there's nothing that can take that away. If you invest in Jesus, if you invest in this kingdom, there is nothing that could take it away. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Our lives in the kingdom are a new way of living, a way of, of love, a way of identity, a way of contentment, no matter what comes our way in this life, because we are content with Jesus as the most valuable thing. And so, this parable teaches us just those things. And we have to know what we're searching for. We have to know the value that we're seeking. That we have to work hard that we will have to work intentionally and dedicate ourselves to selling all that we have in order to access this kingdom. And that we have to know the difference. We have to know that it's not about the things of this world, but it's about eternity and walking an eternal life now and in the future. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought. Where are you in this story? Are you seeking something greater? Are we willing to sell anything and everything in order to access the kingdom of heaven? in order to get the roadblocks out that keep causing us to stumble. Because the grace of Jesus is extended to us each and every day. Are we focused on the blessings of this world, or are we focused on living a kingdom-seeking life? And Jesus suggests to us through this beautiful parable that the kingdom of heaven is worth everything that we have. It's a place of hope. It's a place of meaning. It's a place of love. It's a place of identity. It's worth it all. When I stood at the top of that water slide all those years ago, I knew what the reward was. I knew that it would be okay. I knew that I would have a great time. I knew at the end we'd have that Cars video game. And I look back on that moment and I think, I think, really? I've seen that water slide since then and it's probably like this tall. I look back and I'm, I, I don't, I can't comprehend how I wouldn't have gone down the water slide. All I had to do was take one step forward. And so the question for us is simple. What is keeping you from the kingdom of heaven right now? Because the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, that if we take that step, if we take that step forward, if we overcome the fear, the anxiety, if we get rid of the things that are keeping us from completely trusting in Jesus' grace and mercy, that we will look back and never regret it. That we will look back and say, that was the right decision. That was a decision that I would make over and over and over and over again, every day. What's keeping you from the kingdom of heaven? Sell it. Sell it. Take an inventory of your life and sell whatever it is that's keeping you from the kingdom of heaven. Because as you do, Jesus meets you, extends his grace and mercy, and calls us to a new and beautiful life. The end is decided and Jesus wins. And so we have to sell everything in order to meet Jesus. Thank you for your attention today. I think we're going to have a prayer and then a song. Thank you for connecting with us this morning. We're so thankful that you were able to do that. If you have questions, we'd love to have the opportunity to talk to you. You can contact us at www.thebibleway.com or questions at thebibleway.com. Questions at thebibleway.com. We'd love to have you in person. Come if you can, but thank you for connecting with us.